This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's up, H-Town? Welcome to the Believe in Astros podcast, your home for all things Astros. With your hosts, sports writer Jeff Balky and Astros broadcaster and former third baseman Jeff Blob. Here's Bulky and Blubber. What's up, H-Town? Welcome to episode 24, Believe in Astros podcast on the Believe Podcasting Network. I'm Jeff Bulky here with Blummer. Uh, you can find us on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, and of course, YouTube. Be sh- YouTube? I, that's, that sounded weird. Not YouTube. It's YouTube. <laughs> Great like, band, YouTube. Like, I, I know. It's a, I know. Uh, be sure to like and subscribe to keep up with us. You can give us a follow on Twitter at Believe in Astros. I'm at Jeff Balky, B-A-L-K-E, and Blummer is at Blummer27. Um, it's It was an adventuresome, uh, adventurous weekend. Uh, we're going to dig into um, games one and two and do a little preview of game three. For those watching on YouTube, you can see my sweet new Bury Me in the H hat in honor of Lance McCullers' uh, upcoming start and i do want a quick shout out to my uh in-laws who i was with in austin unfortunately my technology did not work out uh so we were not able to get in a pod yesterday um i'm back home now but my brother-in-law eric and his wife sylvia are big thrift store people and they went out yesterday uh with my wife and they while i was trying to prepare for a podcast that never happened and uh, they found something that is honestly, it's now going to go on my wall. This is a handmade, handmade Astros Kleenex holder. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> of course it is, right? So those I don't are for even have, all of the Philly tears we're gonna we've been. That's seeing. That's exactly right. I don't even have any Kleenex, but I'm literally gonna go out and buy a box because you're puffs. out from handing it out to them. Yeah, I'm gonna have this. So, so just ready, Phillies fans. When you need it, when you need to wipe those tears away, <laughs> those sweet, salty tears of misery, I'm your man. <laughs> so, a word out for our sponsor: uh, basketball is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all sports betting needs. This season, the Rockets are there. the Rockets are playing not very well. Fun to watch, but not a very good team. So, I would not bet for them at any point in this season. Just your pro tip. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, golf, World Series. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE, that's B L E A V, to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. All right, Blummer, let's dig back in to games one and two. Uh, just kind of a one quick sort of postscript for the whole thing. We assumed that this was going to be a starter series, but out yeah. of the three 
uh, out of the four starters, we really only had one starter uh, pitch well, and that was Framber Valdez. But the relievers for both teams, really tremendous. I, I looked it up. Mm-hmm. In 18 innings, the Astros and Phillies relievers have given up 10 hits and one run with 18 strikeouts. I mean, that's, I mean, you can't get much better than that, especially considering we didn't think the Phillies were going to do much relief wise. Talk a little bit about the pitching. Where are we at now in this series in terms of that pitching? And, and did anything really surprise you about what we saw in the first couple of games? Yeah, it's been really interesting. I was a little surprised. I wasn't really surprised that Nola gave it up. I was really surprised that Wheeler gave it up. I think I felt like they gave him the extra day to have him go in game two because he's a high octane guy, 98. He can touch with his velocity. He's got the power cutter. But I think we also talked about the approach of the Astros. And yeah. you've got to give a lot of credit, not just to that lineup, but you got to go a little bit deeper and give Alex Cintron and Troy Snicker a little bit of love because those are the two hitting coaches for the Houston Astros who come up with these game plans. They nailed it with Aaron Nola, got out to an early 5-0 lead with him. And again, they did it again with uh, you know going up against Wheeler and getting five off of him and getting the, really those early runs that were nice. I think the biggest thing with the Astros I love about them is their ability, and, and uh, Alex Bregman said it after the game, after game one, said we have the ability to turn the page. We, we play 162 games, we make adjustments, we move on. And I thought that was great that they scored early on Wheeler in game two, gave Fromber a little bit of a cushion. But it is kind of crazy to think that out of the four starters that have started these first two games, that Framber Valdez is the best pitcher out of all four of those by a long shot. He showed a lot of composure. He showed his ability to throw the two-seam fastball to get ground balls in key situations. Didn't panic. Had the curveball working. And, you know, I know we're going to hit on this a little bit later. But Fromber did what Fromber has done for so long, and it's very frustrating to sit back and, you know, we watch him. The American League West has watched him, and a lot of people in the American League have watched Fromber, and they're not shocked. The only people that are shocked are the team they're playing against. This guy is legit, and he's proven it in the postseason over and over again. Sniff. Take another. Sniff. Take another tissue and wipe your tears. Have an issue? Here's a tissue. I'm with you, and we will <laughs> dig in a little bit on that in a minute because that's anyway. I, I'm gonna I'm yeah. gonna freak out. So let's that's talk. Hard. Um, Fromber was brilliant. He's been doing this all season long. He is legitimately a Cy Young candidate. There's no mm-hmm. question about it. Um, he I is like absolutely he is absolutely the second best pitcher on a team that is loaded with really good pitching. And in 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 the instance of the postseason, you can argue he's the best pitcher on the Astros roster right now Mm -hmm. um so he was fantastic amazing two five oh leads and uh, the first one squandered um unbelievably um but i'll tell you what let's give a shout out right now to jose altuve who looked (laughs) absolutely fantastic last night um and what's that normal he finally looked normal he finally (laughs) looked normal jose altuve right and yeah. uh, and then Tucker, you called it, Blummer. You said hey. you thought Tucker was going to be the guy in this series. Yeah, that's right. Pat <laughs> yourself on the back there, my friend, because my goodness, two blasts by Tucker, um, no doubters. Um, 
what have you seen from the offense in these first two games? Because I think one of the things you and I both talked about we're a little worried about is like, can you get to either one of these starters? Can you even just tag him for a run or two? And they've tagged him for five runs in both games. No, I thought it's a bit impressive. And you know, like you said earlier, credit to the Philadelphia Phillies bullpen. But what they've been able to do is put a lot of pressure on those starting pitchers and pile up pitch counts, mm-hmm. uh, really render them defenseless and kind of put them on their heels a little bit. I think that's what the Astros offense does a very good job of is forcing opposing pitchers and catchers to react. And that's something that's very hard to do as an offense. And it's because... They lay off pitches outside the zone when you do make a mistake, even if it's early in the count, because we've seen the Astros be aggressive in these counts. They haven't really had to be patient. They've taken advantage of strikes early in the count, smashed them, and forced you know Wheeler really get on his heels. But they made the adjustment, and uh, you know Nola he got put put back on his heels pretty good, but he also made the adjustment and hung in there a little bit longer. Uh, And but unfortunately, in, in doing so, it allowed that Phillies offense to fight back in game one, but not necessarily in game two because of Fromber. Yeah, I, I mean, look, in game two, I mean, four pitches, three doubles, two runs, like right off the bat. I mean, talk <laughs> about shell-shocking. Um, I mm-hmm. didn't – it's funny, I was watching the game, but I had gone – I just run downstairs to grab myself a beverage and came back up, and I'm like, why is there a guy on – like, why is already there a run-in <laughs> and someone on second? Like, what just happened? Like, it was like that. And mm-hmm. – uh, those you're right. I mean, that is the kind of stuff the Astros have absolutely have to do against a high-powered offense like the Phillies, um, you know. And then you know, obviously hold them down. The truth of the matter is, is that we really lost Game One for for two reasons. One, Justin Verlander just was not very good, um, mm-hmm. and he still remains you know uh, winless in the World Series in his career. Amazingly, yeah. Incredibly. And then you look at it and you say, honestly, their defense was better than ours. I mean, that play mm-hmm. by Castellanos in the ninth inning, that's the difference in the game. He doesn't make that play probably 99 times out of 100. He makes it on that moment, and uh, he doesn't make that play. It's the ball game over. That's a walk-off bloop. And yeah. so well, it's he also crazy. doesn't make that play. He also doesn't make that play if Altuve's on first base. Because when you're in, when you're in with a runner at first base in a tie, in a tie ball game that late in the game, you'll see in the I don't know if you can see it, but in uh, on the YouTube channel you can see this is the sign that the dugout will give to their outfielders. And it's basically right. you take your hand and wave it behind your head, and that basically says play no doubles, get your back up against the uh, wall, and don't let the ball get over your head. When Altuve stole second base, you don't have to play no doubles anymore. You've got to creep way in and protect against the base hit and give yourself an opportunity to throw Jose Altuve out at home plate. So he was actually about 15, 20 feet closer to the play to be able to make that play. That's what's crazy. It was crazy. And, and you know, they talk about all these sports, especially football and baseball in particular, being a game of inches. Um, nothing probably summed that up better than the Kyle Schwarber home run that wasn't. And hey, props to those guys <laughs> in right field who were screaming and yelling and waving that it was a foul ball. I'm sure they would have figured it out, but <laughs> we're we're in the so during the regular season you've got four umpires. During the postseason you've got six. You add an umpire on each foul line, so you've got a home plate umpire, a first base umpire, and a right field umpire down the line. How do they get that call wrong? I, I, I don't. No I'm idea. so grateful for instant replay because if this was 1975, it would have been a different ball game. But right. my goodness, somebody keep an eye on the ball out there. That was unbelievable <laughs> and, to me. 
And then Schwarber hits another one. That it could, <laughs> yeah, made us all sweat too much. Ooh, talk about. I mean, that was just. I think everybody who was watching it where I was was like, I think everyone almost nearly passed out. Uh, yeah, I was about to spike my beer, but fortunately, Tucker caught it. <laughs> well, I tell you, the other thing, too, is speaking of umpires, I will give them some props. There's mm-hmm. a couple of, uh, you know, official, you know, uh, Twitter follow sites where they, they look at the officials and see how they did. Home play, the home base umpire last night got 100% marks. Yeah, Pat Hober, give him some love, yep. Really did call a good game. I mean, there were some close pitches here and there, but nothing that, like, there were no four-inch outside of the strike zone strikes called. There were no pitches right over the middle of the plate called balls. He really did handle the strike zone quite well for both teams. And, you know, props to him. I wish every game could be called like that, quite honestly. Well, they're thinking of ways to be able to have every game called like that. But fortunately, you can actually have evidence that a human being can do it. Yeah, that's correct. That's right. Now, let's talk just a minute about the Astros defense before we get to game three. Mm -hmm. There's been some real sketchy defense being played by the Astros out there. I mean, the the Peña throw to Altuve, where Altuve's just... I saw a hilarious meme of someone showing like Peña throwing the ball and Altuve's just squatted down. Ball's like above his head. You know... uh, um, Yuli misses a pick yeah, on a ground that ball. That was crazy. First, he never misses a pick like on anything. And then that final out in the, I guess it was in the eighth, where Pena and and Tucker and Altuve are all running at the ball at the same time. And and just fortunately, fortunately Pena, Pena caught that thing. Fortunately, he caught it. I, I mean, what's going on with their defense? They're the, one of the best defensive teams in baseball. I just think it's a pressure of the situation that creates a little bit of tentativeness. But at the same time, you know, you've got a rookie shortstop in Jeremy Pena that's made so many great plays throughout the course of the season. And the reason that Altuve ducks is because he has 162 games under his belt playing with Jeremy Pena. And he's like, we're in the shift. You're moving too too far to your left. All your momentum's going towards first base. There's no way he's going to flip it back to second base because I can't get there. And it's a tougher play. And all of a sudden... Uh, you know, vapor lock or whatever you want to call it happens and he flips instead of having that play right in front of him. That was a tough one. And then you're right. Kyle Tucker playing a little bit deep, didn't get a good break on it. Altuve was playing shallow right field and didn't make a play on that fly ball. Pena showing athleticism and some guts reaching out and grabbing it. How about going back to the double play ball that potentially uh, Justin Verlander had too. It's a right. Verlander's play was a tougher play because of kind of a swinging changeup. Yeah. But at the same time, hit right in the glove. If he turns that double play, he may he gets out of that jam and it's a different ball game and maybe the Astros are up two nothing. Yeah, that's exactly right. I, I and and look, I have no qualms with uh, how Dusty handled uh, the pitching situation so far in this series. Um, mm-hmm. Despite, but I do agree with you. Like my feeling was when he missed that double play, that was kind of a big turning point right there, and that might have been a point where you're like, okay, but it, but it's Justin Verlander. Right, and so you're not going to just you're not giving the hook to a guy who you trust as your absolute ace in the Cy Young winner. Um, well, but I wonder that was the only one. Yeah, well, I wonder. Dusty said afterwards he didn't realize that Verlander hadn't had a win in the World Series. I wonder if he had known if that would have changed the philosophy a little Man, bit. That's a good question, Blummer. That's you know, a because great question. Uh, the way the World Series is set up, you know, that day off after Game 2 for a travel day, you maybe you get into that bullpen a little bit sooner, and you know you have Fromber on Game 2, and you know he's a he's a quality start king. So, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. Being yeah. in that dugout is a high-pressure situation. But I almost wonder, 
you know, after the first couple of runs, if if he, if he didn't go to that bullpen, what would have happened? Or if he did go to that bullpen, what would have happened differently? But it, again, we play the World Series. You put your faith in Justin Verlander and roll the dice. Yeah, I mean that's the best thing you can do. So game three on Monday, it's a it's Syndergaard versus McCullers, but in in reality, it's a bunch of bullpen guys versus Lance yeah. McCullers. Syndergaard will probably go two innings if they're lucky. He'll go three. Um, what do you see coming in this game? From McCullers and and I, I feel like the Astros again are going to have to jump out to another lead. Mm-hmm. Um, their relief pitching has been really good, but how long is that going to hold out? They're not going to have yeah. um, Ranger uh, Ranger Suarez because he's going to pitch in Game Four, so that means they're going to rely a lot on Zach Eflin. Um, obviously, they're going to throw Alvarado back out there and they're going to put mm-hmm. Dominguez back out there, but. How do you see this game three lining up? I mean, it's going to be a hostile environment, that's for sure. Oh it, well, we already know it's going to be bonkers, and unfortunately, I feel like the only reason it's going to be bonkers is because Philadelphia has developed this reputation and they want to maintain it for mm. some reason instead of you know cheering and having a good time. But that you know, putting that aside, I think that you know Syndergaard, I, I believe Syndergaard's at least got to go one time through the lineup. Now. Is that going to be in an inning? Is it going to be in an inning and a half? You know, or is it going to be two innings? How long is it going to take him to get through those through that uh, one time through the lineup? Is he going to be smooth and get through three innings, getting through that lineup, or is he going to get hit around a little bit? You've got to yeah. remember he's got a lot of history with the Astros, pitching with the Angels. The, he's done a very good job. He's kind of gotten off the power pitching, gone to the sinker slider mix. He's got good two-seam run, and he's going to have to have his best two-seamer and his best slider to compete against the Astros. But again, these guys are going to be extremely well-prepared. They've been attacking early in the zone, and if Syndergaard's trying to get ahead early, it may come back to haunt him with some early swings for base hits and create some traffic and put pressure on that Phillies defense where we've seen them implode at times. And I think that's paramount for the Astros to go out there and put the pressure on him but again, you've got Lance McCullers going out there. I think he's a great guy to start this game because, like you said, you know, if Javier, everybody knew going into Yankee Stadium what the environment was going to be like. You have the veteran and Lance McCullers going in Game Three. He's been he's been there, done that, seen that. He's not intimidated. He actually may it may actually be jet fuel for him to go out there so and too. have these people screaming at him. So if he's able to go out there, spin it, he's going to be great. And then you set it up for Javier to kind of be in the environment for Game Four and come out and be comfortable. But I would imagine. A lot of it's going to rest on Lance McCullers, but a lot of it's going to rest on the Astros' offense, like you said, to give him a cushion early. I, yeah, I kind of think that – I, I think really this is going to have to be um, absolutely another game where the Astros come out blazing. Um, I don't think they can come out in this game and and score one or two runs because you don't want to give them any fuel to think – they have any shot you want to go ahead and bury them early and say okay well let's just throw our guys out there and you know not focus on game four um because i'm sure that i'm sure the phillies will probably do that now they won't do that offensively i mean they're going to Mm -hmm. go up there and swing for the rafters but i feel like pitching wise you could you could probably put them at least put them behind a little bit i was just taking a quick glance at the weather on tuesday looks like cloudy Mm -hmm. with a high of about 69 so uh, and tomorrow, cloudy with a high of about sixty-eight. No real rain chances, but that's actually pretty good because that means game time temperatures are probably going to be in the upper fifties to lower sixties. Yep. You're not going to have like really super chilly weather. So Lance should be able to spin it pretty well. 
Um, mm-hmm. And that certainly would be good. You get a really cold game, and then it's a little tougher. That ball gets slick. It's yep. a little harder to get that spin on it. All right, let's go ahead and address the stupidest elephant that's ever existed in any room. And well, that I was just is- going to say, if, you know, if it's if it's humid enough, are the Astros allowed to sweat? I mean, first of all, let's let's dismiss immediately the whole thing with Martin Maldonado. He he didn't he was not allowed to use Albert Pujols' bats because they shatter too much, and and that had nothing to do with you know cheating or anything. No matter what anybody else says, but. This thing with Framber Valdez, this smacks of John Boy stupidity again. And then, of course, <laughs> you've got some Phillies playing into this. You saw it was Castellanos talked about they didn't need any wires to win, you know, like referencing the buzzer. Like, you know what, man? The fact of the matter is, is the Astros are just better than most teams in baseball. It doesn't mean they're going to win the World Series, but they're just better. And And I don't like conspiracy theories. I've never liked them. I've always found them to be... Uh, kind of an idiot's way of proving of, of trying to figure out science and uh, rather than just trying to look at what actually happens and to me this is the height of stupidity and it's irritating as hell and it drives me bonkers I try not to engage like online oh. I don't want to but it's, it's tough. It, and it's ruining everything like they had to address you know these like online speculation like don't address it oh my gosh it. hey dude okay <sighs> Hold on. I, I am in the media now. You and That's I are right. in the media. We are. If I if I am a credible reporter, am I walking into a damn press conference and going, Hey, I heard on Twitter that you're using uh, illegal bat and you're using you're wiping your hands. Am I a credible reporter? Am I doing my job? I don't know. I don't understand that. I mean, if I'm a player and you come up to me as a reporter, and if I'm a, if if I go to interview anybody in the Astros or Phillies and I said, Hey, I heard on Twitter you have every right to blow me up because I'm not doing my journalistic job of watching the game and creating my own questions and my own opinion. If I've got to go yeah. to Twitter and Twitter's going to Twitter, it's going to be the conspiracy theories. Yeah. It's going to be all of this, you know, behind the grassy knoll type stuff. That's fine. Leave it there in a press right. conference. Please be a journalist and ask a legitimate question. Don't say, don't, don't say, Oh, I heard on Twitter. That, is that true? Is anything on Twitter true? For God's sakes, we don't know. I mean, but it's just it's such just a net show thing. me some integrity. You're giving all of us in the media a terrible name by saying, by doing that. Well, what makes it worse? That's my to biggest me, beef. I, I'm with you, Blummer. I'm 100 percent with you. What makes it worse for me and really irritates me more than that is that it even needs to be addressed in the first place because all it does is give legitimacy to something that has does not deserve legitimacy. And you see it in and politics. And you don't need proof these days. You just need to fire it out into the internet, and it sticks for some reason. Exactly. You see it in politics. You see it in sports. You see it everywhere. And It's a I'm, shame it's crept into sports, yeah. It really is. It really is. And it's idiotic. And look, they're going to hate us because, you know, of 2017. Okay, fine. We banged on some trash cans. Whatever. Go ahead. Yep. But, like, now to look at every single video and go, oh, look, he's rubbing his hands. What could he possibly be doing? Maybe he's rubbing his hands. Have you ever thought about that? Perhaps yeah. he's just touching his hands. Perhaps he's drying them off. Who cares? Like, well, this is now it's you're such nonsense. Well, and if, and if let's say you you are a believer in that, you are now implicating Major League Baseball, right? Because umpires are part of Major League Baseball. So now you've implicated the entire right. umpiring staff. 
you know, it would it would really behoove. I, I think it's Dan Iasonia who's the the crew chief. You know, it would it might behoove him to get out ahead of this and be like, look, we're checking these guys. And right. even Rob Thompson, the opposing manager, said, "Look, we know he's he's t- we we know they're checking the hands. Right. They're checking everything." And yeah. then Rob Thompson even went as far as like, "We watched him in the regular season. He did that in the regular season. It's not that uncommon for him to be grabbing his wrist." And we know that when you take away all the stickum, rosin and sweat going together actually creates a little tack. That's and, right. You know that's what these guys are going to do. I just don't, it's so frustrating. And I yes. used to think, and you know, another thing is I used to think that conspiracy theories and all this, like, oh, the Astros are cheating is lazy. You got to work pretty, I got, I'm impressed. <laughs> yeah. Kudos to you. You got to work pretty hard to come up with this stuff. There is no doubt about that. It is incredibly hard to find, you know, they say this, the shortest distance between two points is a straight line, right? This is the most crooked line that's ever well, it's been the whole drawn. kiss theory, right? Yeah, exactly. Keep it simple, stupid. And this is not simple. I think the other thing, too, that always has bothered me about sports conspiracy theories is if you really believe it's all rigged, if you really think the officials are doing it and baseball's handing it down and they're and look, everybody knows they want the Yankees and Dodgers. They want it because they want <laughs> they want the they want the the ratings on television. They want the advertising dollars. But if you think they're really rigging the system to make it easier for them, why are you watching it? Like, what is the point? Why are you <laughs> Why rooting your for time? any teams? Like, what's the point? And at that point, it's just professional wrestling. And it's not yeah. real. And if that's the case, then no one should be rooting for anything. I get that there have probably been moments in sports that have made us think twice about these types of things. I totally get that. And those are yeah. valid. But let's I'm not, not hanging my. Yeah, I'm not hanging my th- every theory on it, though. The, the reality is Fromber Valdez was just better. Than the Phillies last Again, night. And oh, by the way, I mean, set a major league record for uh, consecutive quality starts. So, Unbelievable. I mean, if he didn't get he didn't get caught the entire season, and then he's not getting caught in the rate. I mean, in the postseason. Yeah. Hmm. Oh well, I guess it's just something yeah. we're going to have to deal with. <laughs> well, isn't the whole, isn't the whole idea though? I mean, you know, I kind of compare it to going back. You know, whether it be on the schoolyard or listening to my kids, yeah. you have these verbal spats where you, or these fights where you're kind of getting after each other, and you finally get to the point where you're like, "You smell," <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's like, I don't know, I didn't know what else to say, so I'm just going to throw that like, out there. You know, your hair looks stupid. Yeah, like, you, I feel like you, that, that. You look bad in green. What? I'm not like, even wearing it's like that, green. The scene in Anchorman where they got in the fight, and she's like, "You have stupid hair." It's like, what did yes. you say to me? It's like that. Yeah. I feel like that is basically what we've devolved into with these things. I don't really ever argue it. I just, you know, but it influences so many people, and it. Mm-hmm. And by the way, it influences it so much that people actually have to address it as if it's a legitimate reality. Yeah. It's ridiculous. All right. Game three coming up. Blummer, you got a prediction? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think Lance McCullers is going to spin his way to victory again. We've seen the swing and miss for the uh, for the, for the Philadelphia Phillies. We also, you know, what's interesting to me, too, is that they, they're actually really susceptible to the fastball up. But you have Fromber, who throws fastballs down. You have Lance McCullers, who throws fastballs down with that two-seam run also. He's basically, they're, they're not mirror images, but they're very similar with 
sinkers down in the zone and spin to win. And I think that's what's going to be successful for Lance. I would expect that he's going to get a ton of ground balls. I think he's going to get a lot of swing and miss. The Astros are going to be able to maybe give up two, two, three runs, but I think the Astros are going to get to Syndergaard early. And now that they're seeing more of those guys out of the bullpen in the middle of the Brogdons, the Eflins, and some of these other guys, I think they actually get to him in what should be a bullpen game in game three for the Phillies. 100%. I think the last point you made is, to me, the most important. The more they see these guys, the yeah. more susceptible this bullpen is going to be to giving up runs. And the Astros have so much depth, they just don't have that problem. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Really appreciate it. Uh, be sure to like and subscribe. And, uh, you know, lots more to come for this World Series. It's obviously going to be a tight one. We both called it Astros and Six. Looks like mm-hmm. that could come to fruition. So let's just hang in there. No conspiracy theories. They all suck. And uh, we will talk to you after game three. Thanks so much and go Astros. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.